Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm Carmen LeBurge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen, and it is Wednesday, the 3rd of January, 2024. I know, you're not used to hearing that yet, but it is. It's 2024. I don't know how many people are writing checks anymore, but that has always been the the one place in my life where like, I would not put the right number for some period of time until I like trained the brain. So time to train the brain. It's 2024, the year of our Lord, the year of our Lord's favor. Whatever else it's going to be, um, 2024 belongs to the Lord and we belong to him in it. So I have been um, encouraging you to be in the word of God. So where in the word are you today? I am in Joshua chapter one, verse eight. Tomorrow's Growing Your Faith verse of the day is going to be Joshua 1, 9. So I know that as we read Joshua 1, 8, some of you, your brain is going to leap ahead to the next verse. And that's okay. It's great to hear this in context. That means you know the word of God, that it's sown into your heart and mind. Today, we're going to focus on Joshua 1, 8. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. So Joshua 1.8 is instruction to the people of God to be in the word of God, to study the word of God as a book of instruction, and to do so continually, not once and done, but in an ongoing way, every single day. Immerse yourself, meditate on the word of God. Why? Why? Well, so that we might know what it looks like to have a life that is aligned with the character and the will of God. So the way that it it says it here is to be sure that you obey everything in it. And that always makes me mindful of the Great Commission, where Jesus talks about the making of disciples. And, you know, you're going to go and you're going to make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them what? Teaching them to obey everything Christ has commanded. It's not just about knowing what God has said. It's not just about knowing what Christ has said. It is about obedience. Our friend Dave Burring often says, obedience is the engine of transformation. It's one thing to know what God has said, what God has revealed. It's another thing to act in obedience. That's the engine of transformation. That's what Joshua is saying right here. Study the book of instruction. Meditate on it day and night. So that what? so that you can be certain you're actually living in obedience to everything that God has said. That, in this text of Scripture, says, you know, that's the engine toward prosperity and success. Now, you're going to say to yourself, well, that sounds like the prosperity gospel. That sounds like, you know, name it and claim it. Okay, this is about immersing our whole selves in the whole Word of God. So where in the Word are you today? 
Don't just study one verse of scripture. Study all of it. Meditate on it day and night. What does that look like? What does it look like to study the Bible as a book of instruction? What does it look like to study the book continually? What does it look like to meditate on it? What does it look like to obey what God has written in it? Woo! And why? What would be the motivation? Well, because the Word of God is living and active. Um, It never goes forth, but that it accomplishes that which God purposes for it, which means God actually intends His Word to do something in and among us. It contains God's wisdom, God's counsel. It leads us to a well-integrated, flourishing life worth living. I mean, don't you want that? I do. So what's your Bible reading plan? What's your Bible study plan? Who's your Bible study partner? You got a trustworthy um, pastor who's unpacking the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments and you're sitting under their faithful teaching. If you say to yourself, I don't know, I, I need some of that. I know that 2024 needs to be a year where I am immersed in the word of God, where I am meditating on it day and night, but I need some help. All right, well, I got all kinds of help to offer you today. I got, it's all free, all kinds of help and it's all free. How's that? So you can sign up at myfaithradio.com to receive the Growing Your Faith verse of the day in your inbox. There's beautiful artwork every single day. So you can, you know, use it as a screensaver on your phone or wallpaper or I don't know, all the kinds of cool things that you can do with images that contain verses of scripture. Um, You can get the Bible in a Year Bible reading plan. You can join us in reading through the Bible in 2024. That's also available at MyFaithRadio.com. Our precious colleague, Angela Smith, um, has a brand new show on Faith Radio, and it's reading the Bible together. And during um, the month of January, she's talking about the, the book of Mark. So that's a wonderful way to engage in the Word of God, to get engaged, to meditate on the Word of God, to learn to study it. Um, and if you want to learn like how, how to accurately study and integrate the Word of God into your life, my husband Jim, he wrote a book. It's a few years old now, but he would like to send you a complimentary copy of it. It's called Building a Beautiful Life, How to Construct and Live a Biblically Integrated Life. And so if you want a copy of Jim's book, he and I are happy to send you one. Text the word book to 877-933-2484. I really want you to be in the Word of God this year. And so um, get the Growing Your Faith verse of the day and the Bible reading plan and connect with um, the, the Reading the Bible Together show here on Faith Radio. And if you want, like you want to actually learn how to study the Bible, we're happy to send you a book. Building a Beautiful Life. Uh, text the word book to 877-933-2484. We want you to be in the Word of God this year. Why? Well, because um, as Joshua says, when we meditate on it day and night, when we obey everything in it, we actually prosper. prosper. We actually get to live the flourishing abundant, good life that God intends. Our friend Daryl Crouch is going to join us from Everyone's Wilson. We're going to talk about like sort of the so what of the new year. We talked yesterday about Romans chapter 12 as a good passage to use as a discipleship plan. And we're going to ask Daryl, maybe if he's got a passage of scripture that he could unpack with us as a discipleship plan for the new year. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen.
Hey, our buddy Daryl Crouch is back from Everyone's Wilson. You can connect with him and what he's up to at everyoneswilson.org. Happy New Year, Daryl. Happy New Year, Carmen. It's good to be your buddy. I like the mm-hmm. word buddy. That's nice. It's good. Yeah, right? That's. I feel that way. So. When, yeah, me too. Yeah. We need more buddies. We do. Absolutely. So we're, we're going to, I have a word for you that I'm going to talk. Um, I have a guest coming on later whose name is Alexandra Hudson. And in her book, she uses the, the, the verb form of the word porch, which I'll just confess to you. I had never heard of the word mm. porch turned into a verb, but mm. as soon as I say porching, you can totally, you, you, I don't even need to describe to you what it means. Like, you know what porching Uh is, and I know what porching is as soon as somebody says it out loud. Um, And so anyway, I... uh, I'm I'm, I'm already a huge fan of porching. That's great. I know, right? Like, I want there to be more porching. Okay. So that'll be later today. Um, Yesterday, we roamed around here in Romans chapter 12 as, you know, something that we could just draw directly from the scripture and use as a discipleship plan, which Mm. made me wonder, does Daryl have a passage of scripture that that he could share with us that we could use as a discipleship plan for this year. I love that. And what a blessing. And uh, you do a great job, by the way, of, of just drawing us back to the scripture, drawing us back to the scripture. And uh, it's so powerful and so helpful. Um, Psalm 37 uh, verses three through six are uh, a a place where I'm going to land quite a bit uh, this year. I don't know if it's a verse or passage for the year. I guess we could, call it that for me. But um, each night when I lay my head on the pillow, I, I recite, a you know, in my mind, just uh, not out loud, but just uh, review uh, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, sometimes in the morning, I'll review uh, Psalm 23, but um, I'm going to add uh, Psalm 37 and these few passages, three through six, in into the into my rhythms um, in the mornings or evenings, but trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart, commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him and he will do it. Um, there's four four movements there, there may be more, I'm not a Hebrew a scholar, but um, there's four words I'm going to just ping on, and um, uh, the first one is trust, uh, and then dwell, delight, and commit. And I think that that provides me some hooks um, uh, along the way, and, and may uh, be an encouragement to our listeners today. the 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 new year is an important, I think, reset for us. I, I know it's just another day on the calendar, and we could have that 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 attitude and and I get that hey it's just another day we're just flipping the calendar we're not worried about it some people uh think of their birthdays that way hey it's just another day I'm just moving on and that's fine I I'm we we don't have to um you know memorialize all of this in a big way but I do think the new year is a chance to reset uh to evaluate some rhythms of our lives um, but more more than that, for and goals are important. I love John Acuff and uh, Kerry Newhoff and, and just a lot of people that help us think about productivity and and um, and all those things are helpful. But I, I think for a lot of us, for most of us, uh, soul care is you know is primary for us. 
and uh, where we actually find our delight and that uh, a lot is going to be made this year. It's an election year. Uh, a lot's going to be made of AI and um, there's all, all kinds of news stories on the on the top page um, and the head, making the headlines every day. But at the end of the day, um, uh, where do we find our delight? It, it, are we um, are we satisfied with Jesus? Is is he the the apple of our eye? Is is he where we find our joy? And our delight is—is is he the one we're trusting? Um, this psalm—it's a great psalm. They're all great, but um, there's a contrast between those who are unrighteous and those who are righteous—the wicked and the and the uh, and and the upright. Uh, there's a contrast here, and he's 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 leaning into hey, the, the this is this is the way of the righteous. Uh, we 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 trust God. We we dwell. Uh, in the in the land, this is uh, we. This is if you're an American, if you're in, in, living in the United States, this is our land. This is the place. This is our neighborhood. This this is where we should porch. You know, this is this is this is where we are. And then that we that we delight ourselves in the Lord and trust Him to 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 shape the desires of our heart and to produce what He wants to produce in us. But if but if we start with production. And fixing everything that's wrong in the world, we're, we're going to find ourselves um, not in a great place 366 days from now. And um, and so anyway, for me, that's a it's a helpful framing to trust, to dwell, to delight and to commit. So that um, chiastic structure or that keyism, um, mm-hmm. trust in the Lord and do good. And then you match that up with trust in him and he will do good. That's right. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture um, is, you know, matched up there with commit your way to the Lord. And then verse four is clearly, you know, just stands out there um, in, in Psalm 37 in this part of the passage. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Like as we are delighting in him our heart's desires are conformed to what he's going to do anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I love that. I love being able to look at this. This is an easy portion of scripture to memorize because of its structure, um, because it has those parallel um, couplets and those parallel verses that, you know, create this ability for us to easily memorize it and repeat it. So I also just, I appreciate um, that you shared with us, this rhythm and this practice that you have at the end of each day, meditating on the Lord's Prayer, reciting the 23rd Psalm, um, and then adding to it these verses from Psalm 37, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him and he will do this. We're going to continue our conversation with our friend Daryl Crouch here in just a moment. Maybe, um, maybe we will ask you, Daryl, to um, talk about what it looks like in reality to trust, to trust the Lord, to trust the goodness of God, to trust in the character of God, even in the midst of days that can, um, that can be challenging. Could we do that next? That'd be great. 
All right. We're going to continue our conversation here in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, host of Mornings with Carmen. I got some good news for you today. Jesus Christ is the good gift of God to each and every person. We heard the proclamation of Christmas that there's this good news of great joy for all people. Well, guess what? That means you. Jesus is the good news. He is the gift of God given at Christmas. And maybe you're saying, I don't feel so good. I haven't really received this sense of good news. Well, we would invite you to wake up to the goodness of God with 40 Days Toward Healing and Wholeness. It's Susie Larson's brand new book. Our friends over at W Publishing gave us 100 copies for Christmas to give away to you. So we'd invite you to enter to win yours now at MyFaithRadio.com. Wake up to the goodness of God, 40 days toward healing and wholeness, because Jesus really is the good news and the great joy for all people. Connecting Faith to Life, Faith Radio. Pastor Daryl Crouch is here from Everyone's Wilson. You can check out what's happening at everyoneswilson.org. Daryl, from Psalm 37, which you have set before us this morning, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will do this. Um, The word trust uh, provides the brackets for this portion of Psalm 37. What does that look like? What does it look like to trust in the Lord? Um, what does it look like to trust in in God, to be God in the midst of whatever travail we might be experiencing right now? Well, I, I really appreciate that. I, for, for all of us who are walking with Jesus and learning to follow him, um, this idea of, of trust is, is at the core of 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 who we are. Um, it's related to the word faith. We've placed our faith in Jesus. And um, out of that flows the, the way that we live our lives. Um, as we think about the word trust, and as we kind of drill down into that a little bit, uh, it really goes to the to the to the issue of security. Uh, we, we hear a lot about insecurity. We hear a lot about anxiety. We, we hear a lot of about um, um, loneliness those are mental health issues are just paramount today just overwhelming in so many sectors of our community and um so this word trust is a contrast to all of that that i can trust the lord proverbs 3 we uh, may be familiar with verse 5 there trust the lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding so this uh trust begins in my heart and and where I find my security, where I find my significance, am I willing to trust the Lord? Um, sometimes banks are called trusts because uh, we we will take all of our money, um, maybe ninety percent of our money. We'll save, or, you know, invest some some money somewhere else, but we'll we'll take our paycheck every pay period and put it in a bank and walk away. As a matter of fact, anymore we don't even we don't even know we where that money is at. We 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 can't see it. We don't touch it. We just we just trust that this institution is going to have our money when we when we ask for it, and um, it's an amazing it's amazing relationship if you think about it. But um, in this idea of trusting God, we're we're doing that. We're we're placing all of who we are in Him, and, and we're trusting Him. 
And so there's a heart issue. But there's also, Carmen, I think it's really important that we know that this 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 fuels or it informs how we work with our hands. There, there is a serviceman, there's a service idea that that uh, actually in Psalm 37, 3 says, trust in the Lord and and what? Do good. There is a, this sense that uh, my actions uh, are an overflow or a result or consequence of my trust in the Lord. So trust is not just this lazy, oh, I'm going to just sit here and wait for God to show up and show out. And um, I, there, there's times he does that, but he most often works through our work. He most often shows up when we show up. Getting out of bed every morning, I know it sounds really simple, but putting our feet on the floor every day is an act of trusting God, that I am going to put one foot in front of the other again today, and I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust that he is at work in my life that I'm going to trust that this matters. I'm going to trust that he's going to strengthen me. I remember Charles Stanley said a long time ago, uh, trusting God is like running through a brick wall, believing that he's going to open it up when I get there. And um, I, I think um, uh, the, the actions of our lives, the things that we uh, run after are a reflection of the depth of trust and the security that we have in him. Some of us live uh, live afraid. We live fearful. Um, we're afraid of failing. We're afraid of looking bad to our, uh, one another. We're, we're afraid that what we're going to try is not going to work out the way we had hoped, that we're going to miss our expectations. I have a whiteboard in my office I'm looking at right now, and I have a, a list from 2023 of things around the house I wanted to do. And it looks like all but two of them I've done, you know, okay, well, uh, I think there's five, six, six things that are done and two that are not done from last year. And um, I need to update that, obviously. But, um, you know, six is better than zero. Um, those two things that are undone aren't failures. I, just because we fall short of our expectations doesn't, doesn't mean that, that what we've done is not meaningful and uh, that God has not been in it. And so I think a lot of us, uh, too many of us, live in a posture of, free, of fear, and that posture of fear paralyzes us. And um, we're, we're, we're just hoping that somehow things will, will change. Um, it's like, again, depending on a paycheck when we're not willing to go to work, or we, we're going to hopefully reap a, a harvest when we've not planted any seed. Uh, trust is going out in the field and cultivating the soil and planting the seed and fertilizing the field and weeding the field and trusting God to make it grow. I think um, um, trust is a, both a heart issue as well as a hands issue, if that makes any sense at all. Lots of us have um, a broken sense of trust because of experiences that you know, we've had over the course of life with people and sometimes um, with the church, sometimes with people who have, um, were supposed to be representing God and instead misrepresented God in, um, in small or in very large ways. And so one of the things that I just want to remind us of today is that trust is something that can be broken and it is something that can be rebuilt. 
Um, and so if you have experienced a, a, a brokenness in your trust of God because of the way an individual or a group misrepresented God, I want to encourage you to um, rebuild your trust ladder this year. Um, trust trust God. Like Extend that to the Lord. Trust in Him. Trust God to be God and trust God to be good. Trust God to, um, to do what He has said He is going to do. Uh, commit your way to the Lord, as it says in Psalm 37, 5. Trust in Him, and He will do this. You can trust God to be God. That, that is, uh, of all the things that I am certain of in the entire universe, I am certain of this fact. God is going to be Himself. And you can trust God to be God. And the way that we learn about the character and the wisdom um, and the nature of God is by immersing ourselves in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments. And so I'm going to encourage you to get to know God, especially if you are a person who has, for one reason or another, lost trust in him. Um, if you feel like there's a broken trust there, I want you to give give God the time that's required to get to know him this year in order that you can rebuild trust with him. You, as you observe God, you are going to find him faithful. You can scrutinize the data, um, and and you can then begin to um, draw conclusions about who God is and what you can expect God to do and be. And that's going to help you redevelop right beliefs to replace inaccurate beliefs that have grown up over time about yourself, about God, about the world, and everyone in it. Um, and then we begin to act based on the beliefs that we develop based on the conclusions that we've drawn about the observations that we've made about who God really is. So it is a process. Rebuilding trust is a process. And so I'm going to encourage you to um, to re-engage with God and the Word of God and to trust God to be God this year. Can you do that? I, I'm, I'm confident that you can. Daryl, as always, thank you um, so much for joining us and bringing forward this particular passage of Scripture today. Um, what a gift. Well, it's a gift to be with you. Hey, Happy New Year to everyone out there. Yeah, likewise. Happy New Year to you. We look forward to our ongoing conversation um, with you in the coming uh, weeks and months. That's Daryl Crouch. You can find him at everyoneswilson.org. If you're looking for, you know, you're just looking for inspiration um, on how God might be leading you to engage in real transformation in your community this year. I mean, as you look around and Daryl talks about, you know, the list of of household to-dos that um, that he made last year and how far he got on that. Maybe there are some community to-dos that you and I need to develop. And and then we need to you know, really pray about, well, how does God want me to engage with those concerns in my community? Um, we are supposed to not just be praying, but working for the welfare of the land um, where God has ordained that we should live. And that for many of us is the United States of America. And so how are you and I going to work for the welfare of the place that we live in this year? That would be a good um, prayerful pursuit today as well. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about porching later on as, uh, as, one, <laughs> as one way that you and I could actively um, engage in rebuilding the, the civil fabric of our society. Our friend Mark Terman is going to join us next from the Denison Forum. 
We're going to talk about um, a couple of biblical responses to the immigration challenge that we are facing as a nation. I know that you've heard the headlines. I know that you've heard that last month we had a record number of folks cross the southern border of the United States. Okay, well, what is our Christian perspective on that? How can we talk about that? And then um, what does it really look like? What does it really look like um, to pursue God in this new year? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Hey, Mark Terman is back. He's the executive director of the Denison Forum. You can find what we're talking about today and tons of great resources at denisonforum.org. Mark, Happy New Year. Hey, Happy New Year, Carmen. Great to be with you this morning. Yeah, it's great to have you. So you, um, you're in Texas. Texas is, yeah. uh, is in the headline news today, as it often is, not only because um, oh no, that's that's that was bad news about Texas in terms of the Longhorns. I won't mention that. Um, oh, now now that hurts. That I, hurts right no, there. No, no. I I, w- I almost said because your Longhorns were in the national championship, but then I realized that that's not true. That's not how that game ended. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry ow. to even mention that. That seemed yeah, that's, that's most unkind. <sighs> I'll just stop. I'll just stop and start <laughs> over. So, um, the southern border of the United States uh, encompasses a a huge portion, I mean, a huge portion of the southern border of the United States is in the state of Texas. And so when we talk about immigration, we talk about challenges. Yes, we talk about California. Yes, we talk about Arizona, but we talk a lot about Texas. And um, and we, you know, we we hear headlines. We, we talk about what's happening in local communities. Um, Jim Dennison has unpacked for us a couple of biblical responses, and I just thought it would be really helpful for all of us to um, to hear those. So can you share with us um, those two biblical responses, how we might act redemptively in the face of the immigration crisis we face in the United States? Yes, we'd love to unpack that a little bit. Dr. Dennison does a great job. Before that, let me say we are the home of the World Series champion, Texas Rangers, just so you know. All <laughs> there right. You go. There you but, go. Hold on to what you got, man. That's good. That's good. Yeah, hold on to what you got. And uh, we're we're going to, all right. And uh, but yeah, immigration is a huge, huge issue on so many levels in our country. And yes, we here in Texas do live that reality in a particular way because of proximity. Uh, a big state with a big border and uh, a rich and sometimes troubled history with our friends to the south from from many nations. And uh, immigration has always been a challenge in every culture and every era, and that includes ours. And Dr. Dennison does a great job of framing this around two ideas. One is, is that nations do biblically legitimately need borders. Uh, that way that they can define the area in which they are responsible. They can provide resources. They can provide protection. There's a very, very important need, and the Scripture uh, affirms the need for nations to have defined borders in reality. There also needs to be within those borders, obviously, uh, the right and righteous rule of law, that is affirmed by the Bible in places like Romans and Titus and Peter, and also the opportunity of self-defense. And we see those things playing out uh, in a number of different ways. 
and we see them being played out in big conflicts like in Ukraine and with uh, Israel and Hamas. But that's one thing that we must understand is that the Bible affirms the reality, the necessity, and the good of nations, borders, rule of law, and the need to protect citizens. The second side of that argument or that situation is that the Bible is very clear that immigrants have always been with us and that they should be treated well. They should be received in love. They should be helped. Uh, and especially those that are most vulnerable, those that are uh, young, those that are old, those that are in need of resources and protection. And so those two big ideas really need to frame all that we think about and all that we attempt to do in this space. Uh, and if we lose sight of either one of them, we're likely to get it wrong. I think that the balance of this conversation is really important. Um, and I think that, you know, sort of taking a deep breath and examining what God has said in the full scope of Scripture in relationship to nations and national borders and national security um, and the rule of law and taking into account the reality um of desperation in which many people live around the world and then the responsibility of nations that are rich in space and resources to show hospitality, to acknowledge and recognize um, the need for some people to be protected in ways that um, that others don't need. I mean, there's just, there's all kinds of conversations to be had here. And I I think that most, most folks, most folks get engaged in this conversation and it is um, out of a def some kind of personally defensive posture, and I think that what what this particular um, offering from Dr. Denison at, at Denison Forum um, gives us is okay a way to sit with the scriptures, a way to consider and balance um, both of these equally important um, biblical perspectives. Absolutely. And the reality of it, Carmen, is like so many other issues, uh, we don't really get too deep into this kind of a topic unless we're in proximity to it, uh, either geographically or relationally or even politically uh, connected to it or in proximity with it. Otherwise, we may not think about issues of immigration that much. You know, I live in the North Dallas area. I'm hundreds of miles from the border uh, along the Mexican uh, uh, border with Mexico and the Rio Grande. So I think about it in a different way from people who live 50, 100, or 200 miles south of me. It's just a difference in proximity, but it's still very important. I remember uh, years ago, you may recognize the name William Bennett. He was a politician uh, a few decades ago. He said, you know, you ought to be looking at what he called the gate test. Are people trying to get in the gate of your country or out of the gate of your country? If you want to know if you're living in a good place, I think that's a pretty good uh, assessment. And I would rather be living in a place that people want to go to, that they want to get to because they see it as a place of peace, a place of safety, a place of prosperity and opportunity. And that is largely what American America has always been presented as and has, has been in many ways for centuries. And 
we should be glad about that. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think we should be trying to hoard that. At, this, at the other end of the spectrum, we need to have very healthy immigration policy. That's hard to do. And this is one of those reasons, uh, one of those issues and one of those things at scale that tells us we need a government and we need a good government and we need good people who are working hard with uh biblical values and motives. We need those kinds of people trying to create healthy policy so that we can relate to these people who desire to come here, most of them, I believe, with good intentions to try to better their lives. And we ought to be trying to help them, but we need a process and we need laws to do that well. Yeah, that's so good. there's so many um, times in this conversation that um, that it just devolves very, very quickly into partisan defensiveness and accusation and mean-spiritedness. And so I, I really want each of us and all of us to be encouraged to um, recognize what the Bible says about the importance of borders and Nations. There's lots of conversation in the Bible about nations. There's also lots of conversation, particularly in the New Testament, about the kingdom of God. And so every time we have this conversation, I want us as Christians to recognize that we are operating as dual citizens, citizens of a particular nation state and citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Um, And we did not get into um, that kingdom, that big K kingdom, um, by our own merit, and we um, we've been invited in, and I am thrilled to be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, and then operating in the midst of a particular kingdom of this world as an agent of grace and a minister of reconciliation and an ambassador of the king and the kingdom. So, whatever else your approach to the immigration conversation is going to be, I hope that you will have it as the perspective of a dual citizen. First, a citizen of the kingdom of heaven representing um, the kingdom priorities and principles of the Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, Um, and then as a dual citizen of a particular nation state in uh, in time and history. So we're going to continue our conversation here with our friend Mark Terman from the Denison Forum in just a moment. Um, We're going to pivot and we're going to have a conversation about the era in which we live. What is it going to look like to be yielded to Jesus in 2024, what does it look like to be yielded to Jesus in 2024 in order that we might be used by him? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Jesus loves the little children. You guys know that. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. And right now, there are little children in the world who need Jesus. They also need things like basic food and medical care. Jesus tells us that what we do for the least of these the little ones, we do for him. So this is your time to become the champion of one child, to change their life. When you sponsor just one child, you plant seeds of hope, and you work together with people who are on the ground to change the families, the communities, the future. You might not feel like you could change the world, but you can for one child. Meet the kids and find your child at MyFaithRadio.com. What do you have planned for 2024? What do you hope looks different about your life or your relationships, your family, your um, 
the world in which we live. What do you hope looks different on January the 3rd, 2025 than it does today? How are you going to allow Jesus to use you to make that happen? So what is it what does it mean what does it look like to be yielded to Jesus in order that we might be used or usable by him. So we're going to talk about a piece that's posted at denisonforum.org. Um, our conversation partner is the executive director of the Denison Forum, Mark Terman. All right, Mark, lead us into this. What what does it look like to be yielded to Jesus? <laughs> but I think Dr. Denison does a great job. He uh, unpacks a little bit of a article by Paul Kingsnorth, who is a novelist and essayist, uh, wrote an article called Our Godless Era is Dead. And this is an interesting perspective um, when he, he assesses that, you know, it looks in so many ways like our part of the world, our way of living in America and in the West seems to be collapsing in front of us. Many people came into this new year just a few days ago with a lot of anxiety, especially because it's a presidential election year and there's a so so much uh, partisanship, so much fracturing, so much anger, uh, so many big issues that we don't seem to be able to solve. Uh, we're watching things on a big scale like uh, the presidents of you know major universities. We just had the president of Harvard that resigned late yesterday afternoon. It just seems like so many things are in disarray and seemingly getting worse. And you know we never really have a great ability to determine whether or not we're living, uh, as the novelist said, in the best of times or worst of times. It's just our time, and we're called by God to work with it and to live in it well. And uh, Paul Kingsworth does a great job of trying to expose what the options are in terms of, well, what's the real problem? And uh, I love what he says that uh, the real the real problem is, is that our sensibility for God is awakening itself again. We're, in his opinion, coming back to this place of realizing just how desperately we need God because we're unable to solve problems on our own. And he likens it to that experience when you get up in the morning, like some of us have recently had, where you're you're coming into the light for the first time in the day and your eyes are trying to adjust. And he likens that idea to the way that we're coming back to what our soul longs for, which is a connection to God as our creator, our sustainer and our redeemer. And that that is uh, causing a lot of angst and a lot of disruption, but ultimately at its core, it's a good thing because this is what people have always done. We come back to the place where we realize that we have to trust in a good and loving and present and active God, and we know him as Jesus, and that as we come back to that place of humility and dependence upon him, we're going to find ourselves returning to a place of hope, to a place of love, to a place of pursuing goodness, or at least I believe that's his hope, and it would certainly be mine. Yeah, I one hundred percent concur. I I I appreciate the um, the image of you know a person waking up um, and you know a, adjusting to the light. That takes time. 
Um, I think that for those of us who are Christians and we've been on a journey of discipleship with Jesus for some period of time, this is going to require um, like a heart of compassion and a recognition that, um, you know, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Like we, we have to remember what it was like to live in the dark and for uh, and for at least some Christians, um, they they don't have an active memory of of living separated from God in such a way that they were desperately lonely for Him. And when I think about the loneliness epidemic that we're facing, not only here in in the United States but around the world, I think this is um, what maybe what Paul misses in um, in his piece. I I agree with him that we're at this moment where people are so desperately lonely that they have to admit they were created for relationship. And once you get to that place, then you also must recognize that the universe is personal. You wouldn't have been created for relationship if there wasn't a God to whom you were created to relate. And so, you know, the, the awakening the aha, the oh, of there is a God, and he created me, and he loves me, he He wants to be in a relationship with me, that's going to satisfy the absolutely aching hole of loneliness that people are suffering today. Yeah, and I think that's the fundamental starting place, which is, you know, the old statement is, there is a God, and I'm not him. And coming to that realization that you as an individual uh, or as a group is that you are not God, you are not the center of the universe, but there is one. And not only is is there a God, he is a good God in the best sense of the word of good. He is the most perfect, the most loving, the most beautiful, uh, the most gracious, the most forgiving and the most generous. And that's that's been the message of Jesus, the message of Christ, and continues to be the hope of the world, that that is the, the reality that is laid before us as his creation and as people that are invited, as we talked a moment ago, into an eternal relationship with him, not because we were born into it or because we deserve it or we've in any way uh, earned it, but because he loves us so much that he opened the way for us by bridging the brokenness of our rebellion and our neglect. And, you know, uh, we get oftentimes into this conversation about, well, I'm not religious, and what's the difference between religion and relationship? That's a big conversation. Uh, I had a podcast a few weeks ago with somebody just on that topic, and we get sometimes distracted by that. And I I love what uh, Dr. Dennison quotes from uh, from this author, when he says that the Christian path is not uh, is 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 not a list of rules. It's not simply about arguments. It's not simply about theology. It's not simply uh, about keeping a checklist. However, those things in some way do form a structure. They form a scaffolding uh, in many ways around which our relationship with God uh, lives and breathes. Uh, every relationship has to have some kind of a framework for it, and that includes our relationship with God. And so 
uh, those things that we typically associate with religion, which means gathering for worship and studying your Bible and learning to pray, those things are in some way the essence of religion or the framework of religion, but the essence of it is the relationship inside of all of that. And that is the thing that is to be foremost in our minds, that this is a love relationship of trust that leads to hope, that leads to love not only for God, but also for the people around you. Yeah, this immersive experience um, language is really good, and I want to unpack that further in the days to come. Um, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. You are listening to Mornings with Carmen. We've got another hour up next together. Let your light so shine before others that they might um, be awakened to the reality of who God is. Um, let's, Let's be loving people today in order that they might become interested in the God who is. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.